It's time for your daily dose of randomness. Hey guys, welcome back to my show. So today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm actually going to be breaking down a little rap thing that I wrote. Um, so I hope that you guys like it. So first part says, I'm part of the fourth pillar, the watchdogs of society. You can call me the truth spiller. Our work is based on notoriety. So I'm talking about journalism here and fourth pillar, meaning we have executive, legislative, um, and judicial branches, which you can also see as pillars and journalism is the fourth, the watchdogs of society. You can call me the truth spiller. Our work is based on notoriety. That's pretty self-evident. Let me hit you with some facts. First newspaper was called the Act Adorno Rome, 59 BCE, followed by the Carantos in Germany. When we hit 1690, location United States, two brothers came into the biz. They wanted to raise the stakes. The Pennsylvania Gazette whizzed past British newspapers, no breaks. So breaking that down, talking about, you know, just the first newspapers. And then we get to United States, which was in 1690. Ben and James came to play, two brilliant brothers, the words and exposition set ablaze on a mission to start a journalistic craze. So I'm actually rhyming two words there. Their words and exposition set ablaze on a mission to start a journalistic craze. So exposition, mission, ablaze, craze, which is like an internal rhyme. So uh, Benjamin and James Franklin, to be specific, really did help uh, propel newspaper, which is kind of weird to think about because I don't really think of Benjamin Franklin as a newspaper guy, you know what I mean? I think of him for his other uh, contributions. Continuing on, pens were ammunition for a long period, but when Thomas Edison crumpled paper and threw it in the bin. Digital began a war, things turned serious, Hollywood took over 1880s because Edison did some things that were simply kind of shady. So that one's a little bit more of a complicated rhyme, but I wanted to explain the transition from paper to digital in Hollywood. Thomas Edison actually hired thugs to protect his uh, copyright laws and patents, which is, again, really, really crazy to think about. So people moved to Hollywood to get away from him. So that's how that started. Isn't that crazy? So then our great American hero hired some local thugs to protect his own copyright laws. The level of artistic freedom subtracted to zero while he stayed at number one. <laughs> Radio took over with the birth of RCA, but working with David Sarnoff was a heavy price to pay. Caused a suicide, defamation, and the bully had it made. Even still, his work is still used on this very day. So then again, talking about David Sarnoff, who created the Radio Corporation of America, super, super iconic figure. But he caused so many issues because he basically wanted to have every single uh, corner of the market controlled. And he caused a lot of pain to people, including a suicide on the guy that created FM radio. Um, so that being said, you know, these these icons that we look up to, we have to remember sometimes how some of them got there. Continuing on, RCA TK12 Phantom turned slow news to a ghost. TV became supreme. 1.4 billion people have on from coast to coast. Then a nihilist witch hunt went on the air and a credible reporter was needed there after McCarthy started broadcasting about the Red Scare. Edward Murrow broke the web of lies, call it a tear. Free speech movement tried to combat the crime of shutting students up for reasons undefined. UC Berkeley censorship would start the climb, the long fight of individuals aiming to protect their First Amendment rights. So that's a big, big chunk of it. 
So first of all, I'm talking about uh, McCarthyism, which was a time in which uh, Joseph McCarthy, a senator, was basically calling every single person out in Hollywood, every single person out in government, just anyone in general, and blacklisting people for supposedly being communist. And it was just this crazy, crazy plan he had to keep himself in power. Uh, so Edward Murrow really kind of took aim. He's a He was a reporter. He took aim at uh, McCarthy and kind of killed the whole thing. But he really had to be brave to do so because he was going up against, you know, a really important figurehead. So that's kind of how journalism also started getting even more credibility. Moving on from that, we're talking about UC Berkeley, the free speech movement. UC Berkeley tried to uh, shut their students up and plan when they did their protests, which obviously violates our amendment rights. So I'm just talking about how those two things are intertwined. You know, we can talk about things and I'm glad that I'm going into a profession that uh, challenges ideals, fourth pillar, baby. So then continuing on, you can try to shut us up or try to proportion how much of what we write fits your contortion. In fact, there's a word for that. It's called extortion. <laughs> so that's my, personally, that's my favorite uh, little verse, but okay, continuing. Journalists wield the words we choose to say. Sponsors try to control and sway, but the pen is mightier than the sword, so I chose this blade. The government, companies, and corporations all have one thing in common, and that's an equal concentration to lie to the public. That's defamation. But we were there in Berkeley. We were there in Vietnam when they tried to tell the public nothing was wrong. What the Tet Offensive covered was Walter Cronkite's concrete example that the truth is our priority and over lies the myth will trample. So just as an FYI, I'm probably going to go over seven minutes this time around because I really do want to get to explaining everything. Um, so yeah. So what does all mean? So first of all, talking about, you can understand the first kind of two verses there, uh, but then going on talking about Vietnam, you know, what was happening with the war in Vietnam wasn't really uh, being told to the public of America. We, Americans were really being told a whole bunch of stuff, but it was news coverage that showed what these soldiers were actually experiencing. And that was kind of when the rise of television uh, really began. And so it's just really interesting to see that journalism uncovers so many things. And if we didn't have it, I, I would be scared to know like what things we wouldn't uh, know, what things would be kept from us, uh, things that I think we have the right to know. And so that whole uh, time was called the Tet Offensive. Moving on from that. Don't believe our power, just check the records, made UC Berkeley power with some peaceful demonstrations caused by what we showed on paper, TV, radio, primetime. Father of credibility, Murdo, gave all the signs that something was happening behind white lines. So again, just talking about Murdo, and they call him, you know, the father of credibility for that reason of all the coverage that he did, because he was also a part of all this other news coverage that I've been talking about for the couple minutes now uh, went too fast we didn't print last next week rewind <laughs> november 1969 peace moratorium you chain up journalists prepare for the mortuary we'll bury you next to the lies we've buried the format is changing we have to keep up with the pace but the good thing is it's not a sprint to win it's a long race so that's the end of that so talking about november 1969 peace moratorium um, was talking about the same UC Berkeley thing. These students got together and just peacefully led a protest. 
But what's interesting is that the coverage of this protest and the protest itself really did scare UC Berkeley uh, staff and stuff because they saw that the students were rising up against what was um, trying to be against the control that was uh, trying to be put on them. So this whole thing is just, you know, kind of a hype up for journalism. And uh, I'll end with my own quote. Usually I like to come up with a quote to give you guys. But since this is all about me today, I'm going to leave you with journalists wield the words we choose to say. Sponsors try to control and sway, but the pen is mightier than the sword. So I chose this blade. Bye, guys. I'll see you next week or next episode. <laughs>